Hello, hello, and welcome back to For Book's Sake with Heather Roberts. And Veronica Adams. We are the team at 1852 Media. We are indeed. And today we are coming at you with some, I think, very valuable advice and a conversation. Oh my God. Yes. I I think this is very valuable. So in the same vein that you can't believe everything that you read on the internet, like we, we are millennials, right? We're elder millennials. Yes, we are. We are. We were brought up in the internet age, like when the internet was first coming about and becoming mainstream, that was our world. We're the old timers who made that transition from analog to Yes. ASL in the chat room <laughs> yes. somewhere in the Clinton administration. I don't remember how old I was, but yes. Back in the day. That's right. And we were taught very early on not to believe everything that we saw or read on the internet. Right. That was like a thing. And somehow over the years, we've had to now instruct our parents who used to yell at us about that to not believe everything that they see or read on the internet. It's like this weird flip-flop that has occurred. (laughs) And in the same vein, as an author, this conversation is going to be about not believing everything you see about author marketing on the internet. Oh, gosh. And how to discern what is factual and really critically think about the information that's being presented yes. to you. That's I think, what it's I think about. that's like the vein, the, the the main theme here, right? Like the critical yeah. thinking, like ways to just very quickly check in your own mind what you're consuming and ask yourself, is this something that I can trust? Is this something I should investigate further? Is this something something I should dump and just not waste my time on? Right. And and that applies to us too. Like yeah. we are offering you marketing related content. You need to apply these critical thinking skills to us as well and the things that we share with you. Right. And you know, Veronica and I, we really strive to be super transparent and to give different angles to the information that we present. But that doesn't mean we've thought of every angle. So right. there could be something that we are missing. And if you have thought of it and you know, you're critically thinking about some information that we've presented and we've missed something, yep. you know, that's valid. That could be potentially valid. Also, uh, even with best Email us and let us know. Yeah, like, please do. Send us your thoughts. Like, by the way, this was okay for me, but have you considered? We would love to hear it. Yeah, absolutely. Because we're very receptive to that. And, you know, with the rise of TikTok, There's a lot of people who like to use it to share marketing tips, right? For especially for authors, not a bad thing. Great marketing tool for anybody with a digital based business. Correct. And there's been a lot of great information being shared there. Yes. In the same vein, there's been a lot of shit information being shared there. (laughs) (laughs) And then there's also half information. That's why I like to call half information. Yes. The the bait and switch stuff. The, this is true, but there's a catch and I'm not going to share the catch with you. Right. Or this is true, but you don't know the, what's behind it. right? Right. Like, so part of what has sparked this conversation is I saw a video on TikTok of a person who is a self appointed marketing expert in the field. 
And I'm not saying that her services are bad. I know nothing about her services. Um, and yeah, she was, yeah, let's preface this with the fact that we yeah. don't know anything about this person's credentials. Like certainly. Um, and what she said wasn't wrong. Okay. What she said wasn't, right. wasn't wrong. However, I felt there was a, a big piece that was missing and she was talking about a, um, a debut author, um, who, what had pre-orders of like, I don't know, between five and 6,000 copies of her debut pre-order number. Yeah. Of her debut novel. Any debut author. Yeah. And she thought that it, the reasoning was because her TikTok videos, um, had really identified a specific reader and that it caught her eye and she was commenting on that. And she was commenting on the successful use of TikTok as a leveraging tool to really market to that specific reader. Yes. Identifying your audience, knowing exactly who is going to buy and read your book and then being very consistent to the point of perhaps almost obnoxious repetition in terms of the content that you're putting on all social channels to reach those specific readers. But in this case, TikTok in in particular. And did that probably help her pre-order numbers? Absolutely. Absolutely. However, there was a piece that I thought looking, thinking critically about this video that I feel like was missing. And that piece, after I went and I looked up the author and the, the book that she was referring to was that she was actually published by a small press and was being distributed by one of the big five publishers. Right. Right. And that changed my whole perspective because now suddenly I know that she has a big five traditional publisher behind her and likely is marketing and advertising on her behalf. They have an agreement to distribute the print copies of her books. They're absolutely going to be investing in that because it, it it is only to their benefit. Correct. And to find listen, ways to push those copies they're responsible for. And sometimes the big five will not invest a whole lot. And sometimes yes. they will. And sometimes this they appears. Do yeah, sometimes they do nothing. But this appears to be one of those titles where they are putting a little bit of effort behind it. I am super happy for this author. This is no shade being thrown. This is well, just... It's no shade on the marketing tip either because that information is 100% valid. Yes. And I have no issue. I take no umbrage with the content of the marketing Correct. tip itself. The problem is the picture is painted that this marketing tip is how you become successful and replicate the amount of pre-orders that this debut author has had. Or this is how you as an aspiring author and someone who's planning to start your writing business can be just as successful with your debut. And that's it's just way not more true. complicated than yeah, that. Yeah. It's just, it's way more complicated than that. If right. you don't have a big five traditional publisher at your back, your results may differ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> even if you have, you know, even if you query and you pick an agent and you publish the small press, yeah, not all small presses are the same. Some are very invested in the success of their authors and some are just kind of, some of them operate really more as a vanity press and you could end up owing them money by the time the dust is settled on the sales performance of your launch. Right. Yeah. Right. So it really varies. And there's, I guess our whole point here is there's a lot of behind the scenes that happens with publishing. And so what you as 
an author who may not have been in the industry for very long, or maybe a reader who's just watching this, you know, from the outside yeah. looking in, yeah. you may not be thinking about or or realizing the layers underneath uh, that mm-hmm. it takes to publish a book. Right. And there's so much more to it than just a couple of TikToks. Absolutely. Which she's doing a great job on TikTok. Absolutely. Yeah. And more power to her for that. But there is more to but a we, lot of these stories. We have no idea what what advertising budget she has had for her pre-order period and whether she has, you know, pay-per-click ads on any platform right now running for this wildly successful debut pre-order. We have no idea what newsletter lists this book has been advertised in as available Mm -hmm. for pre-order. How many additional authors who may be in business with the small press or with the big five distributing arrangement. Yes imprint have have also been tapped to help with early promo and pre-order promo. Yeah. I, there's just so many factors here right. that lead to the success of this debut pre-order and consistent branding and targeted marketing on social is absolutely part of that. Sure. But it's not the only thing that leads to that success. Yeah. It's not the whole picture. We're looking at yeah. a small piece of the pie there. Yeah. And so that that's what we're talking about. I, w- I just want you to think critically because it's so easy to mm-hmm. be watching a TikTok and be like, oh, my God, I felt like I was doing that. I felt like I did that for my, my last release yeah. or whatever. And I didn't get that success. And why am I the worst, mm-hmm. you know? And that whole imposter syndrome comes in and all of that. You're not the worst, okay? You're not. (laughs) One, there's an algorithm. And the algorithm just wasn't algorithming in your favor. Yep. And two, there's probably more of an iceberg than you can see. Yes. Almost always. Almost always. That's part of what, excuse me, that's part of what Veronica and I do a lot is we will try to reverse engineer Mm-hmm. some of these success stories that we see yes. and figure out how and why they have come to be so popular or successful or whatnot. Not not only in an effort to emulate, right? Because we all want success, right? And so if sure. somebody has done it, we want to figure out how did they how did they do it. But also to, you know, figure out what was it luck and timing? Because that is a big part mm. of it as well. My gosh huge part of it. Yeah. Was it because they got dropped into somebody's, is it something that can even be emulated? Right. That's right. the thing is, right. uh, is it going to work for this type of genre even, or is this just a lightning in a bottle situation? Right. Right. Which totally happens. Or was this person friends with somebody who has a massive platform and they got a shout out and then they rise to the the top? Yeah. You know, those things happen all the time. Like I just saw, not in obviously publishing, but in um, music, Taylor Swift shared some previously unknown, like, you know, generally unknown artist that she really liked the song and she posted about it. That is huge for that changes artist. That, artist's that changes that. The artist was literally on TikTok, like sobbing and freaking out because <laughs> it it was very sweet. But truly, 
something like that can change the entire trajectory of her career because now this artist is being introduced to people that she never would have had an opportunity to be in front of in that way before. Yes. We have a TikTok go viral. Sometimes that's all it takes. And that happens the same way in the publishing industry. I've seen it happen time and time again. People get helping hands up. There is nothing wrong with that, by the way. There's nothing wrong with that. No, 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 no. We are not discouraging that. Like those partnerships and friendships and networking, like that is, that is critical. That is so critical. critical. Thrilled for those authors, but also understand what's happening so that you know that that's not something that can be emulated unless you too go out and network and make friends and, you know, find yourself in a position where that could happen. Right. Right. Uh, It's just, you cannot just at face value say that smart reader identification and well-branded social media content is the key to success. And if you right. if you only focus on one thing, focus on this, and you too as a debut author can have several thousand pre-orders. Nope, probably not. <laughs> probably not. P- possible, sure. But anything sure. is really possible, right? Mm-hmm. Probable, n- no, definitely not. And there's always more to it. Heather and I talk a lot about this idea of a magic pill or the silver bullet. And I think that in publishing in particular, there's a lot of competition. Markets are saturated, especially if you write romance, Um, maybe even oversaturated. And everyone wants to make their, their writing profitable so that they can pursue it. Right. And then once you make it profitable, you want to reach the next level of success and then the next level and so on until you are, you know, I guess maybe at the helm of a small empire or you've reached your <laughs> financial goals or your best seller goals, whatever the case may be for you. Yeah. And there really is no magic pill or so silver bullet to get there. There are so many moving parts to achieving that success. And one marketing tip, whether it comes from us or anyone else making content and sharing it out there, is probably not going to be the one marketing tip that leads you to that that level of instant overnight success. Right. It's usually a lot of small moves that are made yep. consistently and frequently. And we've talked about this before. There are two real ways to almost guarantee success in this industry. One is having access to immediate capital. Yes. And one is time and consistent actions. Mm -hmm. And that's what we have seen over the years. Obviously, there's luck, there's timing, there's things that happen that are anomalies. Mm -hmm. But outside of that, those are the two things that will get you immediate success. Well, not immediate, but almost guaranteed success. One, One can be somewhat immediate if you have a lot of capital. You can sure. be dumping, you know, a lot of capital into a release. Listen, yeah. you you can be at the top of the charts for a price almost everywhere. Exactly. Almost everywhere. Not not everywhere, but almost everywhere. Almost everywhere. And and that's just so, not feasible for most people. And right. so recognizing that, just know that, you know, it's likely going to be a time game, a consistent one foot in front of the other. Keep yep. building your brand time game. Yeah. I'd also like to add just as an aside that e- even if you have the capital, it's not the best business decision to invest at all in immediate success unless you're prepared to follow it up with yes. additional books because oh, 100%. you're fighting why? a war of attrition at some point. Yeah. 
and you don't have more books to sell, you may never make that money back completely. Right. You need to can have a plan to be mm-hmm. releasing after that immediate right. one. And this also goes to, you know, I've heard a lot of authors lament after, (laughs) I'll say lament, uh, after like sometimes book signing events or where they go to a panel or they take a class from a very well-known author who has Mm -hmm. reached a level of success, right? Yes. Someone who's moved from just being a publishing powerhouse into teaching in some way, whether- yes conferences or their own programs or whatever. Yeah. And some people are very transparent and those people I greatly appreciate. Some people though do leave pieces out of the puzzle or they don't think about it. They don't think about it in the same way. They might not be doing it intentionally, but so if you're taking like an ads class or you're listening to an author who has a lot of success with ads Newsletter marketing, newsletter marketing, whatever. Blurb writing. Yeah. Think about it. Well, one, you know, every sort of subgenre is a little bit different, right? Yes. Um, So you have to think about is there, are there books, is their brand similar to yours? Because if it is, then you might want to heed that advice a little bit more. Yes. If it's very, if it's different, then you might want to just take it for what it is and think about it and see if you can incorporate it in a way, you know, in a small, small way and see if it helps you. Mm-hmm. And also think about the resources that that particular person has. So if somebody's talking about ad testing and they are able to make their own covers themselves and test a dozen iterations of one cover before they even do a cover reveal, that is very different from somebody who's paying a cover designer to make them one cover and they can't pay for 12 iterations of the same cover to test in ads before they even do a cover reveal. Right. Right. So thinking about the, the skills and the resources that people have, you, you can't necessarily compare yourself. You can take the actual skill set that's provided Absolutely, because that's valid information. But then if you're wondering, well, why aren't my books doing the same thing as author X? Well, there's right. some there's probably a reason. That, you know, think what's the reason? Is it because author X has brand brand power? Very right. likely. Author or, X has likely been in the game for a decade. Their newsletter outperforming yours in the tutorial because they've been writing for five or 10 years longer than you have. And they've had more time to build up an organic list of people who are engaged with their newsletter content. I mean, just we could pull examples out of thin air all day, but there is most likely going to be something different in your individual journey and your experience that will set you apart and give you different results for better or worse than the people teaching you, period. And that's okay. It's how this journey is. It is not going to be the same. That is why you can have one author. You, you are the author. Okay. Come, come with me on this ride. You can have one author release a book. You do all these things for marketing and you get a result that you believe to be positive and it's great. And so for the next book in that same series that has the same vibe, that yep. has the same even potential characters. Yes. You do the exact same thing. 
same cover designer, same, same cover photo- designer, custom same. photographers, same yeah. blurb writers, same keywords. I mean, subject to plot differences and right. and tropes and things like that. But like, but right generally down to the same. Control for every variable you can and make it exactly the same. And you can get a completely different result. Yes. Yes. I, I've seen it happen over and over and yes. over again. Yes, me too. And it is infuriating. <laughs> it is infuriating because you expect to get the same result. You expect, sure. but that is not how this market works. Right. And that's where luck and timing come into play. You can control every variable under the sun. And then sometimes it just does not work out. Yeah. And that's also why I, I don't want authors to get discouraged when things aren't going their way, because the next release could go their way. It really could. Like, it, it's not it. That's why it's a time game. It is continually to publish, getting good people surrounding you, getting good people on your team, making sure you are doing the right things, because if you're doing the wrong things, then certainly that's not going to help. <laughs> you know, that's not going to. It's not going to help things, but if you're doing all the right things, it's a bit of a time game, just waiting for that, you know, to, to drop on you to, for the market to turn your way. Right. And I don't want this, this sounds like a little Debbie Downery. Like I'm not trying to be like, it's just, I want people to under, I, I think this is any author who's been in this industry for a moment will know that it's a very tough industry. It is very hard. And so sometimes people think, oh, all I have to do is write a book and publish it. And, you know, because we see those TikTok too, TikToks yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, and, yeah, just write a book. Maybe, and- maybe that is all you have to do. You know, you don't know until you do it. You could be, you could be on to something that is the next new thing. You could, you could instinctually be. have all the knowledge you need to succeed. You may just get lucky and hit all the right points and buttons at at the exact right time that those points and buttons need to be pressed. But for you, the majority you're an, ano- people, you're an anomaly. <laughs> yes, right. you would be. You absolutely would be. But for the majority of people, the way you describe it, Heather, is definitely it. It is, it is brutal. It's, it's very, yeah. very difficult. It is. And that's why you have to think, okay, do I want to do this for long term? Am yeah. I doing this for the long game? Because if you are, you got to have some thick skin and you got to brush it off and know that, okay, this next one, we're going to regroup. Maybe we'll adjust some things. We'll use the things that worked or we'll try to adjust what didn't Mm -hmm. work. Maybe I won't invest as much over here. Maybe I'll try investing over here and just keep adjusting uh, because the market constantly shifts too. It could be that in that first release, I'm just going to pick something. Dark romance was, you know, really, really popular right not that it's never not popular but like there was a burst of dark romance and then you know in two months when you release the second book it's sort of you know not as trendy anymore maybe Mm -hmm. it's you know paranormal romance has become the new trend everybody's moved on to something new that's trendy right and so sometimes you can hit the wave and sometimes you can miss the wave (laughs) And that's, I think that's maybe a better way of thinking about it as, as waves coming in on the shore and riding the the wave. The smart thing to do is to put together a marketing plan and tools that will allow you to still find those dark romance readers. Correct. So that they're buying your book now to read later, or they will buy it when they're done with their paranormal frenzy, or 
who maybe aren't following the trends and perhaps your numbers aren't going to look like they did the first go around, but they're consistent enough to be profitable and keep you moving forward. Yeah. So like, I mean, it's not like there's going to be no readers, right? The goal is to gain base readers so that your Mm -hmm. base numbers are at a point that you can, you know, live off of or whatever your goals are, right? Right. So at least more than break even, right? You want to be making money. Yes. (laughs) That is the goal. So the goal is to get your base numbers up to a point that when you do have a, a peak of a wave, and you have an amazing month, you know, then that's a great, that's a great time. Right. And then when you come back down to your base, you're still okay because your base is still covering everything and it's fine. And you're just waiting for the next crest mm-hmm. for the next trend or, or whatever. Right. Well, for the next experiment you do. Right. Yeah. All while constantly still trying to bring in readers to build mm-hmm. that base even higher and higher and higher. So all the while being mindful of the fact that one single tool in your toolbox is probably not going to be the thing that brings you that incoming crest or that big wave of excess success that's over and above what has been typical for you up to the point that you try that one thing. Right. It's just very unlikely for that to be your magic pill or your silver bullet. It's a lot of small moves, a lot of Mm -hmm. small moves. And, uh, I guess we're, we're playing chess, not checkers. That's right. <laughs> like it's strategy. It's moving things around. It's removing things around. Mm-hmm. It's changing covers. I mean, I've had clients change covers on release day. <laughs> on release day. I've forgotten about that. <laughs> it's happened. I know. Because they determined that they were not getting the response that they are used to for that particular title. And as much as they loved that cover, they realized that their feelings had nothing to do with it. They needed to do what was going to sell. And so they changed covers on release day and it worked. I mean, it, these things happen. Yeah. So you have to be willing to pivot the, the ability, having thick skin, (laughs) being able to pivot on a dime and stick to itiveness is yeah. all very key to success but in this skin, industry. Thick skin so important. Thick skin. Industry. And with the covers too, not to digress too much, but my goodness, I can't tell you how many times that I've I've run into an author who just cannot handle criticism on their cover decisions because they're emotionally invested in this art that represents their story. Yeah. And I understand that. I have empathy for it. If I were going to put myself out there and be vulnerable and create a story and and publish it, I would want it represented the way I see it in my mind. Sure. But the truth of the matter is, if you want to sell books, it needs to be represented the way the majority of readers who respond to that genre are going to engage with it. And that's not always your vision. That's totally true. Yep. A lot of ego with cover stuff. There there is. (laughs) And, you know, I've screamed at the void, too, because I'm like, that cover was perfect. And I know. And then readers just don't. They just don't like it. They don't love it. Yep. And for whatever reason, you're like, all right, fine. Guess it's got to change. Yeah. And I've long ago given up my own ego because I've had covers I've designed Mm -hmm. and make that we've had to change. And, you know, at that point, you're just like, it it happens. Like, it's fine. Mm And then other covers I've made and designed and they do really well. It, sure. 
it that's why you, you have to take the ego out of it. You have to really step back and be like, this is just, it's what the market wants right now. Yep. This is a business decision and it's about helping yeah. the author sell books, period. Yeah. Period. So, but, so when you see these success stories on the internet, when you- Or these tips and tricks and tools and that you tricks, can incorporate. Think about how it's going to actually help your brand. Yep. If there is a success story, be glad for them, obviously, yep. but also try to peek behind the curtain if you can. And figure out, okay, was is it there just more to one, this? Success? Is there more? Right. Yeah. Is there more to this story? Because oftentimes there is. Oftentimes there is. Um, and so if you don't know that, you can easily get sucked down into this, yeah. you know, yeah. feeling of just inadequacy. And that's just not valid. It's not. So feel good about yourself and your writing. Yes. yes. <laughs> Damn it. And- and keep in mind your your source material too usually has an agenda. We certainly do. Yeah. We're here trying to add transparency and an ethical approach to marketing to this community that we are both passionate about, but also we're doing this for our business too. Like Yeah. And anyone who's sharing marketing tips with you probably is doing it for their business too. So keep in mind the content you consume in that regard usually has an agenda. Exactly. Exactly. All very important tips yes. and tricks. Speaking of tips and tricks, do you have an evergreen marketing tip for us this week? I do. I do. Okay. So this <laughs> week. Share. I know. <laughs> so this week, I want to talk about promotional sales. Ooh. We want to look at our backlist and really think about strategizing which promotional sale we want to do. And yeah. You know, think about, do you want to do free? Do you want to do 99 cents? You could do 199. I don't necessarily recommend it, but you could do that if you wanted to. It depends on the the original price point of your book. Depends what your goals are. Do you have a long series? For example, Mm -hmm. you might want to do a free sale because the long series is going to get more conversion sales um, with the, the freebie. Do you have a shorter series? Maybe a 99 cent. Um, that way you can at least get some skin in the game uh, from initial readers and people that do pay up front generally are more likely to read it sooner than if you just grab a freebie. That, I mean, yes. it's pretty, yes. it's pretty well known. You, you may sit on somebody's device for two years before they read you if you're a free download. That's just the reality. It's the reality. So think about your promotional sales. Have you done one in a while? Do you have a new release coming up? Think about doing a sale of a prior book in that series before yes. the book comes out yes. or even after the book comes out mm-hmm. because then the book, the new release is already out and you're, you're yep. boosting up the entire series. So, Encouraging people to read all the way through to that new release. Yep. So think about your promotional periods and the sales that you can do and really try to use them to your advantage. Love it. Yes. Solid, solid tip. Thank you. Thank you. So we will be here. Same time. Same bat channel. <laughs> next week. <laughs> same screaming into the void. Same, same Taylor yes. Swift digressions. You know, it happens. Same weird millennial <laughs> banter. And until then, this has been for book's sake. <laughs> See ya.